Hey, you know that other life that you've been dreaming about? That life where you feel free, uplifted, calm, and kick-ass? Well, that life isn't as far away as you might think. Welcome to the Fuck Yeah Life Podcast, where we talk about living that OMG is this real version of your life. You know, your fuck yeah life. Hello, I'm Briley, your host on this journey. So, are you ready? Well, then let's fucking do this. Okay, well, Amanda Gibby Peters, welcome. I love getting together with you. We know how to have a chat. But we're here to talk about you. We're here to talk about the feng shui. Yes. So, before we get into the whole feng shui, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself to our listeners. Okay, so I'm Amanda Gibby Peters, the creator and founder of Simple Shui, and now also House Therapy, which is my podcast and my certification program. But it started with Simple Shui, which is a modern-day mission-driven love-based practice of feng shui. Basically, I am helping people understand that their surroundings are always influencing them and teaching them ways to optimize their environments for success, whatever that is for them. And I know feng shui was not your first career, was not your first venture. So tell us a little bit about your trajectory. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the story goes like this. My background is actually in political science. You know, I worked on the Hill, did some time there. I got my master's in communication and I had my eyes set on getting my PhD when a couple things happened. One, we had twins, which required me to sort of take a pause. And then two, my husband's job relocated us to Texas. We were in Utah at the time, came back to Texas and, you know, we moved into a house that met all of the requirements that we'd given the realtor, you know, Mm -hmm. checked all those boxes, but nothing was feeling like home. And it was several months in that I started noticing that it was just one problem compounding on top of another problem, on top of another problem. And so one day, really, really bad day, grab a book, open it up. And I'm like, whatever I see is going to be my answer. And it says feng shui. I read a little bit about feng shui and it's like, change your house, change your life. And I'm like, what? Because I just changed my house and my life totally sucks now. Not making the connection that that very well could have been the problem. That that was the problem. (laughs) But... I was, you know, like I said, fresh out of school, blogs were just starting to be a really big thing. And so I thought, you know, it would be fun to blog about this journey of feng shui because I thought I'm going to show people like how ridiculous this is. And so I bought a book, read it, went back and highlighted a few things that I thought, you know, we could do and started making changes. And it wasn't that necessarily things were happening overnight. But what I did notice was I was super intrigued to keep doing more things. Like I had to become sort of a healthy distraction. So I kept doing more and more things. And I would say somewhere between the three and six month mark, there were some really big changes. Um, One of them being that my husband got offered a new job that doubled his salary And that got my attention because 
one of the things I had started changing in our home was sort of the money situation that we were having, right? It seemed like money was coming in, but going right back out. So that sort of out of the blue opportunity landing in his lap made me think, you know, I can keep being really skeptical about this, or I can get curious about what's happening. And so I became the student and I wanted to know everything, learn everything. And so I bought the books. I would reach out to people. I mean, this was, you know, right as email was becoming the primary form of communication, but I was writing people letters, calling people, starting to email. I just really, you know, immersed myself in, in all things feng shui. And here we are. Yeah, I love I love a kind of curiosity piece that you talk about how important that is when we're embarking on new adventures of like let's get curious about this whatever this is that's happening right now and where that can take you. Yeah. So, like me, you know, had this sort of like vision of an academic life, right? This professional like kind of academic life and that changed. <laughs> and you kind of started to like reinvent this new version of yourself, this whole new life for yourself. I want you to think about, can you talk about like thinking back to that moment of like, it was kind of like, I like to call them like those, oh shit moments where you're like, oh shit, I gotta, I got, I, I am changing. I need to change something. And there's that kind of fear or resistance of not knowing where that's going to take you. And like how, what are some of the things that you did in that time? And how did you become the Amanda Gibby Peters? Well, she was always Amanda Gibby Peters. Yeah. <laughs> she was, yeah. <laughs> but I do know what you're saying. And you know what it was, was I didn't have any expectations attached immediately. I think that's such an important thing because yeah. I came into it just genuinely curious and that blog that I started was a way for me to share what I was learning so that yeah. others sort of learn alongside me. And it wasn't until people started reaching out and asking me questions that I realized, oh, this might be something that, you know, at the time I thought this could probably be like a little side hustle. I was still doing a lot of freelance and thinking, I'll probably figure out something corporate once, you know, our, our twins are in school full time. But in the meantime, I can do this as a side hustle. And then I started realizing there aren't a lot of people having these conversations. And this was right at the rise of like life coaching. Like Martha Beck was really big. In fact, I'd done a writing retreat with her and the room was filled with coaches. And I was like the lone feng shui practitioner, as I am in a lot of circles. <laughs> and I thought this environment piece is missing from the conversation. When people are changing their lives, their homes need to match what they're trying to manifest or actualize. And so that's when I threw myself into, okay, let's fully get certified. Let's join a mastermind. Let's hire someone to do the site. And that was when I kind of went all in because I saw a gap. I saw an opening. I saw where I could provide some coverage. And I didn't really know where it was going to go, but I thought I've learned enough. I genuinely believe in investing in myself. Otherwise, I wouldn't have you know, necessarily gone to school as much as I did. 
<laughs> and so I thought, let's just see what happens. And it was like, as soon as I made the leap, you know, opportunities managed to just knock on my door enough that it kept me from ever throwing in the towel. Because I do think people think like when you make up your mind that you're going to do something, it just goes big. And that for me, that wasn't my trajectory. It was always, uh, you know, very quiet with moments of a lot of noise. And so that's sort of what I just kept following and trusting that nothing was going to be wasted. It's something I tell my girls all the time. Like there's no experience that's wasteful. Mm -hmm. And so everything that I was doing, even if it felt like I wasn't being paid, I was learning, I was creating content, I was preparing myself. And today I cannot stress this enough. I look back on what I was doing in those early years. And I'm so grateful that I didn't give up because it's given me so much resource to pull from today. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, are you wondering, like, how do I even know what my fuck yeah life looks like? Well, boo, I got you. Head on over to the fuckyeahlifepod.com and sign up for five days to your fuck yeah life. This is a series of journaling prompts I designed specifically to help you jumpstart your own fuck yeah life. Okay, let's get back into it. I will share with our listeners that I worked with you as, you know, a, a as a feng shui consultant when I moved into this house because I love this idea that, you know, I'm moving into essentially a blank canvas. Yes. I'm moving here to create a new life. And these are the kind of things that I want from that life. And like, we kind of started with, with that as I started kind of like shaping my home, I still need to work on my, my front hall clutter, but like, that's, that's an ongoing life challenge. Just, but I now, I now see the value in like staying on that. (laughs) Yeah. But I also love that when we work together on kind of helping, you know, kind of when I'm setting up my house, some of the things that we talked about helped me kind of completely rethink Mm-hmm. The like the 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 way that I set rooms up, but even just like reassigning purposes to different rooms yeah. based on um, the knowledge you shared. So, like for example, I'm in my office, mm-hmm. and for a while, I remember I wanted a different room in this house to be my office, and I was like, something isn't working here. And I remember talking about it and you were like, it's too close to the road. Like, (laughs) right. So like, first of all, tell me like what, I mean, share with everyone, like, what is that? What is that about the challenges I was having in really like concentrating and doing deep work in a, in a room that was at the front of the house close to the road? (laughs) Yeah. So just so everyone that's listening doesn't think, oh my gosh, my office is at the front of my house and it's near a road. That must be bad. That's, you know, feng shui is very nuanced and it's this really beautiful wisdom. And that does require that you have some fluency Mm -hmm. in the concepts because it's not a one size fits all. And actually having your office at the front of the house can be a really good thing, especially if you're in sales and marketing. 
But for what you were doing specifically, which was really creating content, really trying to do some, like you said, deep work, the writing piece of like, you know, I've got this book in me that I'm giving birth to, all of that needs to be in a space where there is not distraction. So when you have a road by you, there's just that movement, that energy coming and going, and it's really easy. And this is a practical thing to understand, to get distracted by it. Mm-hmm. On top of that, when we're sitting next to a window, which is what you were doing, sometimes we can be more focused on the outside world. And something to know about feng shui is it's very metaphorical. And so, you know, if yes, the literal outside world, but it can also be the outside world of what are others doing? What's happening on social media? I'm not keeping up enough. I'm not going fast enough. I should have this done by now. Like all of those metrics that we hold ourselves to because we see others doing. And I wanted you to sort of pull back and really get into like, you know, Riley's space instead of being so focused on everything external so that the things that you wanted to channel, the things that wanted to come through, you had the space to do it. So there were a couple reasons. And that's, that's the beauty of feng shui is that given, you know, the client, the home, the challenges or expectations, you can really cater the decisions you're making in your home to, like I said at the beginning, optimize that space for your desired outcome. And every situation is so unique. And that's what makes what I do so much fun. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I loved about, you know, that working with you at that time when I first moved here was that you recommended that I not like commit to anything too quickly like don't just kind of go in and say this is this this is how this room is this and like I remember you telling me that I should like each day or every couple of days move work in a different room work in all the rooms like sleep in different spaces if you you know you can and like really kind of figure out what works where and because I had to wait like nine, eight weeks almost to get my, for my like household stuff to arrive, I had plenty of time to like <laughs> find out rooms. But if I had come in immediately and been like, this is my office, put everything in there, I'm committed. Yeah. Like I would have been staring out the windows wondering, you know, what are my neighbors doing? Yeah. There's so much, there's so much to that. I think that we move into homes and without really recognizing how susceptible we are to it, we go with whatever the builder intended or whatever the previous owners mm-hmm. had. And while that is probably, you know, your kitchen is going to be your kitchen, right? Yeah. The bathroom is going to be the bathroom. But, you know, there are some areas that can be really flexible. If you have more than one bedroom, you know, you have options there. Um, If you have, you know, a couple living rooms, it doesn't mean that you have to have a formal living room and, you know, more social living room. A dining room, another spot that people tend to just buy the dining room suite and call it good and then never use it. Because in feng shui, here's the thing, your house is a member of the family. It is there for you to partner with. It can help you co-create this life that you you want. And it requires 
you engage with it. So when we go to create rooms, because that's just what the template suggests, and then we don't actually engage with them, we are missing out on a lot of possibility that's on tap for us because every part of your house is tied to some area of your life. That's one of the really cool things about the feng shui map, the bagua that we work with. And so what I like to do is have people sort of go in with a very open mind and figure Mm -hmm. out how does this house want to be worked with? Because if it's a member of your family, if it is a living, breathing entity, then it has its own personality. And it kind of is a good idea to get to know how it wants to, you know, show up for you. And then you have this sort of, I don't want to say compromise, but you're working together. It's a really nice alignment of like the energy works well for you. The energy works well for the house because then you tend to be happier in the long run. And I mean that in terms of energetically what you're getting, but also what you're investing, how much money you're spending, how much effort you're, you know, exhausting, creating rims, right? Because nothing, like you said, as you set up your office, then you moved it. It's not necessarily, wouldn't have been a waste of your time, but it would have been just one more thing that got added back to the to-do list, right? Yeah. 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 For sure. Absolutely. I remember you uh, opened my mind to the possibility that the room that had been previously used in the real estate photographs had been the dining room. And then my front room had been staged as the living room, that those could be swapped. And in fact, the like the kind of energy flow of those different spaces worked so much better Mm -hmm. as like, the dining room being a sitting room and the sitting room being the dining room. Yeah. But that was something that you brought up that was, you know, when we were talking about, okay, what does your life here look like? And one of the first things I remember you saying was having everyone over here for like the big holiday meals and people just hanging out and lingering at the table and having everyone around. And It was like if we'd moved to the back of the house, it would have been a little bit more compartmentalized. Whereas if you took advantage of that room at the front, you could actually create that inevitability. And that's what we did, right? And so that's what I'm saying. This is so nuanced and it works so well. I mean, I loved watching that room come together. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I'll post some pictures so people can see how that room came together Um, because it is one of my favorite rooms in the house. And, you know, when, when my friends are here, you know, I mean, I have a table in the kitchen, but I don't, we never really eat at it. I mean, it's like kind of like where we have, you know, toast and coffee in the morning, but I'm always like, it's, I mean, even when I say, well, where would you, where, where would you like to eat? And they're like, let's go to the dining room. Like it has like such a nice, just a really nice, wonderful vibe to it. And like you open my mind to that possibility and how those that, you know, the space absolutely like created the the, the vibe that I wanted it to have. I was like, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it too. Yes. And you also encouraged me to like buy a nice table and, and rug too. So thank you. <laughs> but here at the Fuck Yeah Life Pod, we talk a lot about creating change in our lives, thinking about new possibilities, new projects. And so what are some of the things that that people can think about in terms of feng shui when they are 
trying to create that kind of change in their lives? So there are a couple of things I would say. And one of the biggest is I think that we get really comfortable in our homes and we don't like once we get a room set up, we kind of let it live that way for a while. Right. And it's, you know, usually maybe a blue moon or something that we decide to move everything around. So anytime someone is wanting to trigger some change, one of the simplest, I think, things that people can do is change things around. I'll say move 27 things. Because when you are moving, and it doesn't have to be big things, you have to move furniture, but when you start moving things around, you're doing, there are two things happening. One, you are changing the way that energy actually patterns, like the way that it actually moves through our room. And that kind of gets us out of autopilot. And two, when you start seeing things differently, what you see starts to change. And so when you're trying to see ideas, possibilities, opportunities, solutions, um, help, you know, whatever it is that you're like, okay, I want this thing to happen. So how do I get there? Changing things around you is a really great way to suggest that, I think, to the universe or to whatever you want to call it. Like, hey, I'm open for business. Another thing that I think is so important to do is do something original in your space. I think that's something that you are so good at. Like you're really comfortable with Mm self-expression, but a lot of people aren't. And so when I walk into a home, one of the things I'm looking for is can I tell something? Do I know something about the people that live here that I didn't before I walked in? Mm -hmm. Is their house giving me some sort of pulse? or fingerprint that lets me know what really lights them up. If you don't have that in your home, that's an important thing, especially when you're like, I want people to hear my ideas. Mm-hmm. I want to stand out. I want to like, you know, resonate with people. A fascinating um, little tidbit I learned years ago is that people feel most comfortable in homes where they can tell something about the people, even if it's not their aesthetic. People are more comfortable in those homes than they are like the perfectly designed homes. Yeah. So that just gives you even more permission, I think, to really let, you know, who you are, like let your little freak flag fly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, I think those are good things to start with for sure. Yeah. One of the things that I like, I hear your voice in my head every week, if not, you know, a couple times a week, which is sweeping. Yes. Yes. So tell us a little bit about why we sweep. And it's not like, you know, necessarily about cleanliness. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You know, that it. so that is probably the oldest tip under the Simple Shui umbrella, meaning it's the one that has been around the longest. And I think resonates the strongest. So when I was first starting out, you know, as a practitioner, I didn't have a lot of experience. So I was kind of really just working off of the things that I learned in my first certification program. And I had a client who was like, I've done everything. I need something to do. And I remembered a teacher of mine saying, when you don't know what else to do, sweep. So I recommended it to this client. And lo and behold, she reaches out to me a couple of days later and like all sorts of stuff had started happening. And so at the same time, I thought, 
you know what? I'm going to submit an article on this. I shared it to an online space and it went viral. And what I realized was, you know, yes, there's simplicity and we love something that feels good and, you know, has this feng shui ring to it, right? Because Mm -hmm. what I was recommending, which is what I recommended to you, is that you sweep the outside of your front door, that porch area, that entry area, because it is what we call the mouth of chi. Your front door is where you welcome in opportunities, possibilities, auspicious luck. And by sweeping, you're preparing the space, right? You're you're saying out with the old and with the new. So it, you know, it really pairs nicely. But what I also recognized is that it resonated with so many people and continues to resonate because it's something that's done all over the world. You will not travel to another country and not see people sweeping. I was just in Mexico City and I have a video. You, It's just of my little balcony, but you can hear the sweepers outside. everywhere I go, everywhere I go, people sweep and it is like preparing the space for the day. And so there is almost a cellular resonance Mm -hmm. for us. And so, you know, you pair that with intention and that's really big energy you're working with. Yeah. I love that. Yes. I know. So I want to like one last sort of like tipsies things is we talked a lot when I first moved in about color. Oh yeah. How color was going to support my goals of like one, I wanted, you know, in my bedroom and in my sitting room, I wanted rest. I wanted to be supported. I wanted to regain energy. My office, I wanted creativity, ideas to flow. I wanted money to flow in. And we had completely different discussions about color. And a lot of people say to me, like, oh, I'm afraid of color. Like, oh, like you do a lot of color. Like, I'm so afraid of color. I think color is a wonderful thing. (laughs) But can you give us a little bit of thought around how to think about color in terms of the kind of vibes, the goals that we're trying to create in these different spaces? Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a really big conversation. What I'll say is that, you know, there are a lot of different ways that we approach color and feng shui, you know, really bright or light colors tend to be more engaging and activating in your darker, um, deeper colors tend to be a little bit more soothing. So when people are talking sleep versus work, you know, we can kind of factor that in. You'll also hear a lot of feng shui practitioners, authors, teachers, what have you discuss the colors through the lens of the five elements. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those elements all have their own personality profiles. They all have their own like signature fuel. And so you can step into that energy by working with the color associated with that element. So there's that piece of it. There are a lot of different ways that we work with color in feng shui. But what I want to touch on, because you brought it up, a lot of people are afraid of color. I find that too. I find a lot of people love that neutral, beige, monochromatic look, and you have really big names and brands promoting that. Mm -hmm. And a couple things. One, there's a great book, Joyful, by Ingrid Lee, and she talks so much about color being a biological need. She talks about how when we were foraging 
for survival. When we saw color, it meant food and food was abundance, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're in these environments that are, you know, void of color, we are missing out on that sense of abundance. So when people talk to me about money, I'm like, we got to infuse the space with some color. The mm-hmm. other thing that I learned not too long ago is that when we get into these environments that are glass and steel and concrete, it creates a low-grade stress. And the reason why is because we have not evolved with those materials. And so our brains are trying to figure out what this is. Now, it's not transactional. You go into this industrial-like space and you know, you're down for the count. But if you're living in these spaces that, again, are very, you know, beige washed, if you will, we are trying to figure out what's happening in the environment. And that creates a low grade but chronic sense of stress. So, you know, you don't have to infuse color the way like that you love color the way I love color, but having pops of it, bringing in fresh flowers is my favorite way because you're hitting a lot of really great winds. Over here. Over here. Listen, yeah. This is exactly. like, this is my you moment. Like I was like, yes. like and, <laughs> it, and it's temporary, right? So you're yeah. not making a permanent commitment to color, but you're getting that really yang energy mm-hmm. that fresh flowers bring in and you're bringing in that color. And it's also a nod to like, I'm worth it. Like I'm comfortable with abundance, right? And if I'm comfortable with abundance, then when it shows up in my life, I'll be comfortable accepting and receiving it. So there are a lot of things that happen there, but color is a lot more important than people realize. And it's, you know, it's something that I'm going to continue sort of harping on because of the way that the design community, you know, some of it has really pushed people to these really monochromatic um, spaces. The other thing too, is that that does generate a lot of fear. So when you go into office buildings and you see everything sterile, it's not encouraging, like Mm. thinking outside the box or coming up with your own ideas or being encouraged to sort of go, you know, into those like color outside the lines. Um, so, you know, you have to think about the exposure there and then having that exposure at home and it adds up. Yeah. Oh, I haven't thought about it that way, but yeah. Absolutely. One of the things I I really appreciate about the way that you talk about feng shui, and I know that you talk about this on your podcast and in your book, is that feng shui does not have to be expensive, that you don't get like extra like chi points for making something expensive. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it actually isn't that at all. I mean, you know, really it is about what is working in your environment for you and what is disrupting you. And I think that people feel like if they go spend some money and bring something in, they're done. And feng shui is not really something you can co-op. Like it's not, you know, okay, I'm going to, you know, bring in some fresh flowers because I hear it's a really great wealth remedy, but I don't have to change any of my money habits. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if yeah. you bring in more money and you don't change your habit, you're just going to keep doing whatever is keeping you from having money. Right. Like there is that sort of connection. Um, so it really is about understanding what is working in your space for you. And then where are there opportunities for improvement? Mm-hmm. And when I go into a space, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I mean, you know, we talked about some of them for you. Like, what are the immediate challenges? What can we do to sort of create? you um you know w- what do we need to implement to mm-hmm. sort of mitigate any of those challenges and then from there build and do the things that are going to make the most sense dependent on again your goals 
your objectives, how you want to feel in your space, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you know, if you run into a functional practitioner and they're telling you have to buy a lot of things from the get, that's maybe you know, get a second opinion. <laughs> yeah. You do want to know what it is that like what you want to accomplish with your space and then invest wisely that way. So if you're going to spend money, at least have the space read to make sure that you're putting your money, you're investing your resource, your time, your energy, and your cash in a way that's going to actually work specifically for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love this. So like, I kind of see like, you know, our our works have a nice little Venn diagram overlap around the idea that we want to become aware of our thoughts, our space, the things around us, being able to kind of become aware of those things and get curious about them and play with them. And just like that helps us like raise up that vibe. We want to create the space that supports the life that we want. Yeah. I mean, listen, there are so many studies now. I mean, feng shui has been around for thousands of years, but the science community is on board now. And they are study after study showing that the buildings we are in do change our brains and our bodies. And, you know, I share this flow chart often because I think it really illustrates the effect your home, your office, wherever you spend time has on you. We understand that the spaces we're in through these studies are always influencing our thoughts and our feelings. And if you're not super plugged into thought work and understanding your feelings, then you know how quickly those can drive your mood and behavior. Mood and behavior have so much influence over the decisions you're making and the decisions you make determine your experiences and your outcomes. So like, it's not one of these, like, well, it would be nice to be able to focus on my space. I feel like it's really essential. And I think that we're just going to continue moving that direction because you see that with all the shows, right? You see it on the shows that people, you know, from the minimalists to Queer Eye to the home edits, Marie Kondo. And we're really on those really talking about the extra stuff but you get into feng shui and now it's really specifically understanding this energetic blueprint and the ways that you can access it, the options that are within reach that you can do in your space mm-hmm. to again optimize what it is you want to be experiencing in your life. Yeah, I love that. So I like to give listeners at the end of episodes what I call a fuck yeah follow-up. So something small that they can do Mm -hmm. on their own after the episode to really kind of uh, play around with some of the ideas that we've talked about today. So do you have a fuck yeah follow-up for us? I do. Um, So we touched on Mouth of Chi briefly, which is your front door. If you're not using your front door, I'm in... Dallas. Most of us come in through our garage. So I'm one of the people who does not come in religiously through my front door, but your mouth of chi, your architecturally intended front door is where mm-hmm. anything that you're calling into your life comes in. Just like, you know, your mouth is where you take in water, nourishment, oxygen, your front door is where you're going to bring in everything that you want in your life. So Taking really good care of it, actually using it first, if you don't use it, is a really great suggestion. Mm -hmm. But then 
taking care of it is going to improve everything in a really efficient way because it influences all that energy coming into your life. So what I would say is sweep. We already talked about that. Um, make sure that if you have lights around the space that they're not burned out, shake out the doormat or get a new doormat, um, wipe down the door, the hardware, all of that stuff. Bring something living to the space. I love plants by the door because I think they sort of act like guardians, but they also really keep the chi healthy and high vibe. Um, and then like a couple little feng shui extras. I love taking a red envelope and putting like eight or nine coins in it, sliding that envelope under the mat. And that's really suggestive of money always walking into your life. And then I will have clients either dot their door with a little bit of cinnamon oil or put a little bit of cinnamon powder in their hand and then open the door and blow it inside their house. The cinnamon is really um, aligned with protection and prosperity and just, you know, a lot of those qualities of experience that we want in our lives. If you have pets, be mindful of that. But, you know, you've got two options there. Those are all really fantastic things that you can do for your front door. And I promise it will make a difference. Yes, I have become very aware of my front door. One of the things that really stress, like I do not like love about where I live now is that um, the bin men come and every Monday morning I open up my front door and it's like things have been scattered like everywhere and I'm just like no I gotta like get this together and sweep it and like bring it back to order but um yeah it's always a bit chaotic when I open the front door on a Monday morning <laughs> how much has been left behind just like strewn about yeah. um but yes I and I also now always have uh always have a wreath on my front door yes. now yeah. um I switch them out and now I really realized the other day that winter is over. I need to like get my, I need to get a spring race in there, but also like that, just kind of bringing that attention to the mouth of chi in my house. Yeah. I mean, energy follows the eye. So again, when you think, when I say energy, I want you to think those possibilities, opportunities, auspicious luck, all of that stuff. If you're grabbing the eye, if someone walks by and they look at your front door and that's energy coming your way, you know, and it's not just a feng shui thing. I mean, Go sell your house and a realtor is going to tell you the same thing. We got to play a curb appeal. We got to get them with the front so they want to come inside. It's the exact same thing in feng shui. You're trying to entice all of those things into your life. And it's really, you know, I love a front door because it's usually a manageable enough space for most people. Like you can do a few things and the win is really big. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, Thank you so much for being with us today. Before you go, can you tell us where we can find you in the world? So I would say I would check out Instagram. I'm at Amanda Gibby Peters. I am posting there most days and capital G generous with the tips and tricks that I share. If you want to get a newsletter every week, go over to simpleshui.com and sign up for my newsletter. And then I have a six-week course that you can take. Um, um, you know, if you want to actually learn how to feng shui your house, I walk you through my process. Um, and then for those who have done that, if they're interested in then continue on 
become certified. That's the house therapy program. And then the podcast, house therapy, all those places. <laughs> it's a great podcast. I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. This was fun. It went it's by so quickly. It's always fun to hang out with you. Hey, thanks for listening. And if you've enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're ready to start living your own fuck yeah life, head on over to the fuckyeahlifepod.com. That's F-U-C-K-Y-E-A-H pod.com. And sign up for five days to your fuck yeah life. This fab series of journal prompts that I created just for you will help you get on your way to living your own fuck yeah life. And you can find me on Instagram at Briley Rasmussen and hit me up in my DMs. I love hearing from you. Take care, friend. And I'll see you back here next week.